0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America,
1: it's Tony Katz today. Donald Trump today is different uh, than the Donald Trump of 2016, and you bet. I think he ought to be on that debate stage. He ought to be engaging all of us that are vying for this nomination.
0: He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it, Vice President Pence. You know it. I know it. He knows it. And he's got a bigger problem. If he goes on the debate stage, everything he says can and will be used against him. One slip, he's imperiling four different indictments. I wouldn't go on that debate stage either. When we talk about these indictments as... uh, as, as uh, election interference, this is one of the many many ways. Doing the debate only brings him harm. Never mind, uh, why would you elevate your opponents? You are thirty plus points ahead. Now the debate itself is 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 going to be uh, fascinating, and I do want to to get into it. Uh, specifically because where I think things are are going to go, what some of the data tells us. And I'll get into it. I I truly believe that, that the ire of these Republicans will be against Nikki Haley because it's Haley who is doing better than her opponents. It is Haley who, on the Republican nomination, is now firmly in third place. Trump DeSantis Haley. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's on the national side. I take a look at Iowa. Haley, again, also in third place. What's really interesting about the Iowa number is that there are two polls that came out recently. The Fox Business poll has Trump 46, DeSantis 15 Haley 11 that ended on September 18th still massive spread for Trump the CBS poll which just came out this was September 15th through September 24th is when this poll uh, took place this poll shows for the first time in a while DeSantis over twenty points. Not twenty points higher than uh than Trump. No, 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 no. I didn't I didn't say that. Trump fifty one, DeSantis twenty one, Haley eight. And it does show Scott and Mike Pence ahead of her by one. Uh oh, I'm sorry, I take that back. I take that back. It does not. Haley has eight and Scott and uh, Pence have six. Fifty-one to twenty-one. First time I've seen DeSantis over twenty in forever, and it's the it's the smallest margin I've seen for Trump in three months. Thirty points, and you're like uh, Tony. It's a it's it's a thirty point spread. I get you. So while I believe that Nikki Haley is going to take most of the ire, I believe that DeSantis has the most to lose. Because if he is edging up, he has to remind people why he's edging up. A debate can hurt him if he's been doing the good job on the ground in a place like Iowa. The same CBS poll talks about New Hampshire, or the same CBS News, maybe a different poll, talking about New Hampshire. Trump 50... DeSantis 13, Haley 11. Now, Haley is in second place in New Hampshire right now. Overall. But DeSantis, this is his highest number in the last four polls. A little bit of an up. An opportunity. It's really weird to talk about DeSantis as an opportunity, considering a year ago, all you did was talk about DeSantis and how great Florida was. And yes, you did. Even Carrie Lake did. Oh, the Carrie Lake tweet. Oh, it's so freaking embarrassing. Oh. Did you see it? They, the, uh, I think it was Christina Pashaw who put it out. Who's uh, who's uh, does the, a lot of the voice for uh, for Desantis, a lot of the, the, the talking. And she's like, "There's always a tweet, and it is. It's true." And it's about how DeSantis showed real leadership. And when she's governor, she has so much to learn from him. And she's going to try and do the same. And now all she does is say, DeSantis is so terrible. DeSantis should have waited his turn. DeSantis this, DeSantis that. Trump's so much better. Dude, a year ago, you're like, oh, Ron, you're a dream come true. Casey's so lucky. And now he's all terrible. And you're like, these people, these freaking people. Oh, why do people hate politicians? I don't know that. That right there. Uh, It's remarkable. Santis may be making a comeback. One bad debate performance ends that. You wanted this comeback to happen two weeks after the first debate, not two days before the second debate. I don't know if it's going to change people's minds in, in where they should be directing their ire. I still think it's going to be against Nikki Haley. Rising Everywhere was, uh, for many people, the winner of that debate. And then, of course, some people thought Vivek Ramaswamy was the winner of that debate. Then, of course, there were people like myself who said he won by not losing. And that's Ron DeSantis. DeSantis won that first debate because he took the least number of hits. Nobody went after him. It was crazy. You're like, what's going what's going on here? Wait a second. They're not attacking DeSantis. What do their internal polls know that we don't? Because you know and I we don't have to be expert at this. We know enough. They know things that they don't tell us from their own internal polling. They're spending money on this left and right. Well, if they didn't go after DeSantis and they were going after Vivek, well, they, they knew something we didn't. What is it that they knew that we didn't? By the way, Ramaswamy is in fifth place in New Hampshire. Ramaswamy is in fourth place in Iowa. It's Christie in New Hampshire who has fallen Christie is down, the last four polls, 11, 10, 10, and 8. And he is in a solid fourth place. His whole strategy is New Hampshire. And again, I'll say it, Christie for Senate. Replace Bob Menendez, Chris. Get it done. Get it done, Chris Christie. Do it for America. He ain't going to do it, but he should. So DeSantis, I think, has the most to lose in this. this. I think that Nikki Haley is going to take the most hits. That's what I'm expecting to come. But uh, Trump does not need to be there. And saying that he's a coward for not being there is to somehow pretend that we're not going to pay attention to the fact that there are four indictments and it's wrong. You can't say the indictments are wrong and then say he should be there. And by the way, he shouldn't be there, Mr. Vice President, because to be there is to elevate you, and that's the very last thing he needs to do. You don't need to be elevated by him. No, 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 no. He doesn't need to elevate you at all. He doesn't need it. He won't need to show up until he needs to show up. Which brings us to a a tweet uh, by Kay Adams. By your logic, Trump can't debate Biden in the general because the cases will still be pending. Also, Trump is too much of a coward to defend his record. The charges are just an excuse. This is what is said by people who are partisan and not thinking. Let me give you the thinking man's way of going about this, Kay Adams. What makes you say that joe biden what makes you say that joe biden is going to show up for a debate why do you think joe biden is going to debate donald trump Yeah, it was a bit of an alternative version of Jeopardy. That was a little weird. That might have been creepier than I was going for, personally. All right, we'll do the classic. What makes you think Joe Biden's going to show up? Because you said so? Because you've got crack analysis that Trump's just a coward? Oh, okay, good job. You and George Conway could go start a Broadway show together. Two guys sitting on a park bench screaming about what a coward Donald Trump is. My gosh, you're going to be bringing crowds by the ones. I have no reason to believe that Joe Biden's going to show up for debate. Wasn't it Dan McLaughlin? Hold on, hold on. I've got this. I've got this, Pookie Boo. Hold on, Schmoopy. It was Dan McLaughlin over uh, at, at, at National Review. Um. Here it is. We shouldn't assume there will be Trump-Biden debates. I'm not the only person thinking out there, people. I mean, I'm thinking more uh, than some, but clearly some people are on our level. It's foolhardy to think uh, that Team Biden would show up. Well, you don't have to debate Donald Trump. He's under indictment. He's beneath us. America doesn't want this man who's such a threat to democracy. It's I mean, I I couldn't I, I can't say it any more clear than that. You're making an assumption that is foolhardy. Trump doesn't need to be in the debate today. Trump might need to debate when it's down to like two other people. He might. Or not. Thirty points is thirty points is thirty points. But I as I keep telling you, that's the polling. I'm going to wait to see what Iowa does. Let's see what happens in the caucuses. Then we can have a more, you know, serious conversation. The dumbest thing I've ever heard? It it wasn't that. It's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So I I have uh, lately been hearing some things that are so astronomically ignorant, I I I don't know what to do. And and so I've I've decided that what I need to do is is bring it to you. Because I, 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 I love you, Boo Bear. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you and I and I and I came up with with theme music. The Dumbest Thing I've Heard All Day. Brought to you by sponsor to be named later. The Dumbest Thing I've Heard All Day. It's not just dumb, it's really dumb. It's The Dumbest Thing I've Heard All Day. Brought to you by sponsor to be named later. And now, The Dumbest Thing I've Heard All Day. At first, I thought it was going to be John Fetterman. Because how could John Fetterman not have the dumbest thing I've heard all day? Except, well, this is kind of confusing because it's dumb, but not. And you'll agree with it, but you'll be confused.
1: Here it is. And let me say, I hope many of our colleagues agree. The Chinese government and other us adversaries should own zero zero agricultural land in our country i believe that i mean they're taking back our pandas you know we should take back all their their farmland
0: and i agree wait um yes but uh did he just say they're taking our pandas i don't know what to do there because he's right but it's weird He's right. Of course we shouldn't allow the Communist Chinese Party to own any farmland in the United States. They shouldn't be able to own land. They shouldn't be able to own businesses. We've said it here on this show. But I didn't know anything about the freaking pandas, man. They're taking our pandas in the middle of the night. Is this some clandestine operation? We have to thwart this immediately. Pandas deserve freedom. We can grow bamboo. What are we wasting time for? I don't. <sighs> He's right. So, wait, whoever wrote that for him is right. The Chinese Communist Party should not be allowed to own land in the United States. If we can get everybody to agree on that, I'm happy. Daddy's happy. In this conversation, I'm Daddy. The panda thing is super weird, but no, the dumbest thing I've heard all day. I don't need to do it twice. Was a phone call I got. Um, now, now I'll tell you, uh, producer Jason. Uh, I did, I did uh, edit this thing to the very best of my ability. Um, uh, but, uh, but finger on the dump button just in case.
1: I'm on it, Tony.
0: Um, I don't know why I got this call. I have no clue why this message was left for me. None. But I have never had someone call me to start bad-mouthing Thomas Sowell. Who in the world wastes their time on something so criminally insane? Thomas Sowell? The author, the economist, the the in in many ways philosopher. By the way, he just uh, came out with a, a book called "Social Justice Fallacies." I bought the book the same day. Same day. I can remember my brother and my father debating the concepts and preferential policies, which came out in 1990. This is the phone call that I got. I did not edit it for con- I, I did not edit it for uh, content except to just bleep out the curses.
1: Oh my gosh! Hey, Thomas Soul is a stupid idiot. He's a stupid a uh, joke. I mean, they have him there at Oxford to get a good laugh out of that stupid. He's stupid. He's going around the world trying to sell racism and white supremacy. He's the problem with the black community. Him and people like Eric Dyson, so wrapped up in selling racism. That's what they feed. They feed off of that. That's how they make their money. They're a bunch of stupid idiots. I mean, Thomas Soul, man, he—he's he, an idiot, man. Who is taking him serious? I, I they need their head examined. Doctor Thomas Soul, a stupid idiot.
0: Well. Wow. Um, You yourself sound like the king of Mensa. I, I I am almost convinced, convinced that this guy didn't mean Thomas Sowell. When it comes to Michael Eric Dyson, Michael Eric Dyson is a guy who is divisive, is a guy who is pushing uh, the, this, this racial uh, pseudo-philosophy. You can only have to watch his debate with Jordan Peterson from a few years back to realize that Gore Vidal lives. It was uh, uh, despicable in its, in its presentation, uh, and I, I find him to be uh, lost in, in, a, in an application of, of a philosophy that provides value. Thomas Sowell? First, uh, uh, as, as I know, uh, Thomas Sowell and, and, and his work, he's with the Hoover Institution. He's with Stanford, not at Oxford. Now, he could be doing something in Oxford. I don't know it. He, of course, spent time at the University of Chicago, but his real work is with the Hoover Institution at Stanford, which he has done for 50 years. Secondly, it is Thomas Sowell who recognized early in his life that Marxism was a valueless proposition and moved himself. This is a guy who would appear with, with Milton Freeman uh, on free to choose. He was he he is an an absolutely uh remarkable mind a remarkable mind I will read Thomas Sowell and agree or disagree but moving bigotry I'm not quite sure where this comes from so I'm willing to believe this guy got the wrong name because if he did he got the wrong show I'm Tony Katz been watching these markets to try and make sense of it all. Because, well, this 10-year treasury is at 4.62. The markets themselves... We're up 100 at one point, are now down, the Dow down 273, the NASDAQ down 69, and the 30-year fixed right now is at a national average of 7.59, and that may be low compared to where it is tomorrow. The administration wants to tell us that everything is fine, just fine, all sorts of fine. This isn't fine. This is crazy town. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I got a series of things to go over with you because this gets into a level of wonky that that even the wonks are like, okay, this is wonky. And for the, the layman on the street... This is some of the weirdest stuff ever, but uh, Dr. Will was on the line when I was uh, sharing this phone call that someone left me on the uh, 833 Got Tony number, where they decided to go after uh, Dr. Thomas Sowell.
1: Hey, Thomas Sowell is a stupid idiot. He's a stupid uh, joke. I mean, they have him there at Oxford to get a good laugh out of that stupid I.
0: That's just a weird call. That's just a weird call. And Dr. Will uh, turns to my uh, producer, producer Jason's like, I have things to say. Uh, is this a defense of uh, Dr. Thomas Sowell, or are you agreeing with this guy that somehow uh, Dr. Thomas
1: Sowell's is a fool? <laughs> Let me tell you, Dr. Thomas Sowell is one of the geniuses in economic and social history. This guy graduated from Harvard in 1958. He was breaking the color barrier before Martin Luther King was running around the, uh, the country helping people progress in this society. He was a groundbreaker before groundbreakers. This, his commentary and his work in this field of economics is beyond reproach. And anybody that would condemn him, regardless of what side of the political spectrum, is just ignorant.
0: Well. I appreciate I appreciate you you, you coming to uh, his, his aid. I appreciate you recognizing how weird a call it was. Uh Maybe it means we've just you know we we we've broken through, right? We've crossed the Rubicon, and now if we're gonna get the we're gonna get the cheers, we're gonna get the derision, we're gonna get the wackos. We got them all. What we don't have is a clear understanding of this economy. I've got the U.S. Treasury, the ten-year Treasury note at four point six two two. We have been seeing in our conversations with Lance Lambert, the real estate editor of Fortune Magazine, a near, if not a full 300 basis point spread or a 3% spread between that number and the 30-year fix, which would bring us to a number like 7.6% on average for a 30-year fixed mortgage. Mortgage rates are closer to 10% than they are 5%. What is happening with this 10-year Treasury note? Why does it matter? And I have some follow-ups, but let's start with what's happening and why.
1: Well, first of all, the 10-year Treasury is called the benchmark, Tony. It's the one we look at. And at 4.62%, it's actually low because we have this inverted yield curve, which means short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. That is unhealthy. It's the cause. It's a predictor of every recession we've ever had. And this is not sustainable. That 4.62 is probably going to shoot up even more. In fact, Jamie Dimon yesterday said to the news media in India on a trip, he thinks it might go up to seven. So that's his prediction. This mortgage thing, Tony, this is a big deal. And we need to get into this because there's a report that came out just a couple of hours ago, you may not even be aware of, from the White House that says everything the opposite of what cringe has been telling us.
0: Cringe being Cringe Jean-Pierre, or Corinne Jean-Pierre, as we've named her here, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. All right, what is it that the White House is saying? Because what we've heard from Corinne Jean-Pierre, what we've heard from the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, things are fine, people have money, balance sheets look good, household balance sheets look good. What is it that
1: you're hearing from the White House? Well, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is a branch of the White House, released a report just a few hours ago. Tony, this is what they list in their report. Closing costs last year up 22%. Americans are paying $5,900 more to close on a house than they were a year ago. The average monthly payment, Tony, is up 46% from last year. That's what this White House's CFP is reporting this white houses consumer financial protection bureau is also reporting that denials for insufficient income for mortgages not having enough income to buy a house is the highest level since it's been recorded Tony that's not consistent with what we're hearing from the white house podium the spin is different than the facts their own department is releasing
0: but we we have in, in in these numbers Right. And I I have here the story. Fox Business has the story that interest rates may go up more. He's uh, Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan hoping for a soft landing. That soft landing uh, won't come. I want to get back to that specific number. It is true that the 10 year rate, the benchmark rate has been higher than this. But right now, watching this number has people freaking. They're losing their mind. If you go back to the late 1980s or the mid-1980s even, that rate was uh, over 14%. That rate has fallen ever since, and now it is on the upswing. What is the reason for the upswing?
1: Tony, inflation. It's inflation, 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 which comes from... Biden spending, spending, spending. This is all part of the Bidenomics economic plan, which is spend more money, control what you can buy in your refrigerator and your stove, reduce the quantity of oil, so prices of oil go up, reduce the access to mortgages, government controls the appraisal of your commercial properties, as we learned yesterday. I don't know, you probably talked about that, too, down in Florida with Trump. I mean, everything across the board... This administration is doing is causing the, the fear, Tony. Every policy, every day they come out with, including the report just a couple of hours ago, is fueling this fire. But the fuel uh, is,
0: is based on, as you just said, inflation. Why does inflation affect this number specifically as opposed to what we see in terms of just regular higher prices. Th- why is it now fueling this number specifically?
1: Well, okay, Tony, there's more than just inflation. Okay, this is, I think people can do this visually. The interest rate you play, pay equals the rate of the Fed, so the Fed set that rate, we know it's been going up, plus inflation, that's high, Tony, plus what we call a risk premium. So if you're a high-risk investor, or I mean a high-risk borrower, Tony, you're going to pay more than if you're a low-risk borrower. And so this economy where people are dipping into their savings, Tony, that was a piece of data I found today. 54% of people use their savings to pay everyday bills, according to a government report. Tony, that means you're not financially stable if you have to do that. So all these rates are going up. Inflation is up. Fed rates are up, risk is up. That is a combination to create a very bad situation for interest rates, Tony.
0: Now, let's just continue the interest rate part just for a second, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Um, I, I mentioned Lance Lambert, real estate editor over at Fortune, who talks about this 297, 300 basis point spread. So 100 basis points is 1%. So if you have a, uh, a benchmark a ten-year uh, treasury note rate that's four point six one nine. I- I'm doing this live as, as as we're talking about it. That means you would have a thirty-year fixed of seven point six. If Jamie Dimon is correct, and you could have rates uh, on the ten-year treasury going to seven. Uh, First, I would think it would make sense to buy 10-year treasuries. You would have to tell me on that. But if you were at 7, that would put an interest rate on a 30-year fixed, utilizing that same mathematics, at 10%. So you're talking about the end of housing, even on new home sales, and yet the housing prices haven't gone down yet because there isn't any inventory. Explain to me this push-pull.
1: No, but, Tony, you just explained it perfectly because there's no inventory. There's no inventory, which is what's causing the pressure on home prices to stay up. People can't move because they can't afford a new home. It's, it's simply it's that simple. And you're right, Tony. If we get to a 7% 10-year rate and the mortgage rates end up at 10%, Tony, I'm not going to say if we get there. We're there. I'm reading right now in front of me the report from three hours ago. We already are there. We already see closing costs up 6000 We already see payments up 46%. We already see denials of mortgages at the highest rate. I mean, there's, I got three, four other points from this report, I could tell you. It is, it's a disaster, Tony, and it's happening right now. And I don't know what else to tell you. I'm throwing my hands up. I do want to ask you about the market themselves,
0: because you very often discuss with us that the market sees things coming and bakes things in. They make their moves early for when things happen. They're already prepared for it. The Dow is down 283. The NASDAQ is down 82.
1: Was the market prepared for this? Okay, let me be careful here. Let's not uh, assume that the market reacts only to what happens in Washington. If it weren't for Bidenomics, Tony, the market wouldn't even be looking at Washington. Washington should be in the background. You shouldn't even see it. You should be looking at profits and innovation and corporate growth. That's what we should be looking at. So let's be careful about saying the market moves simply because of what's happening in Washington. But it is a big factor at the moment, even though it shouldn't be. And I think what you're seeing the market do is this report that came out just a few hours ago and Jamie Dimon's comments from yesterday when he said, hey, be careful for 7%. And then when you see this other guy from the Fed, Minnesota Fed chairman, uh, Neil Kashkari, said, that he sees a 40% chance of meaningfully higher interest rates. It's kind of like a perfect storm today, Tony. It's hitting the market, the market's not happy.
0: Let's whoa! You want to talk perfect storm? I mean, you you stole my thunder, kid. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I utilize when it comes to oil prices, oilprice.com. That's the site I use. I have no financial relationship with them whatsoever. It's just whom I use. West Texas Intermediate is up three twenty-one a barrel today to ninety-three sixty. Brent crude is up to seventy a barrel to ninety-six sixty-six. We know this is going to hit a hundred. We know that this is coming. Are these oil price increases being driven by what we're seeing on the 10-year treasury?
1: Uh, Tony, it's a little piece of it. There's a lot more to that than than meets the eye. Interest rates are a little bit of it. Supply is a little bit. Demand is another part of it. And, of course, when the president shut down leases in Alaska, that contributed. OPEC cutting back, that contributed. Economic recession, actually, Tony – pulls prices down because there's less demand. So the 10-year is a piece of it, Tony, but there's a lot more to oil prices than just the 10-year.
0: But these oil prices going up. We've already discussed the fact that a hundred dollars a barrel is this psychological uh, barrier, and certainly can be uh, utilized politically. We've also discussed that the Biden administration has worked aggressively to cut oil leases, cut gas leases, prevent a drilling and exploration in in the United States. You argue that the market shouldn't be paying attention to Washington. Washington should be in the background. I have to assume on oil, it is about it is the, the moves of the Biden administration are the front and center subject.
1: Um, OK, Tony, yes, but only in as much as they're causing a recession, because I know that you just said it's going to hit 100. I didn't g- agree with you, because if you look at oil futures, the oil futures going out to, let's say, April of next year are down to 84. If you look a year from now, they're down to 79. Why? Because the market believes that we're heading into a recession. The probability of recession is more than 50%. And when there's a recession, there's less need for energy. And so I don't disagree that it might hit 100 but the market is saying, uh, probably not because the economy is just going to go in the toilet. But allow me to disagree
0: with that generalized philosophy. The average American citizen may drive less or use less energy because of the cost, but that's not going to stop China that has to gobble up as much energy as possible to try and ensure that their 1.3 billion people don't notice that things are going to hell in a handbasket. It doesn't stop India from buying Russian natural gas. So why would these prices be have a futures look going down when you have the two long- largest populations on the planet still gobbling energy like it's
1: their job well tony because i'm not saying you're right i'm not saying the market's right i'm just telling you what the market says the market says in its futures prices that they predict a high probability of recession next year globally and so therefore the demand is decreasing that's their prediction so I, I would recommend you go and argue with the uh, the market. I think they're in either uh, Chicago or New York.
0: In a related story to this uh, 10-year Treasury note uh, being up 4.619 right now, uh, a story out of MarketWatch, Costco is selling out of small gold bars within a few hours. Uh, you a believer that in times like this you buy gold? I thought the price of gold was
1: going down right now. I, I did. I didn't know Costco sold gold bars.
0: I didn't know um, either. I just found out. I'm like, I should have gotten a note or something.
1: Are, are you sure that's a real gold or not just like a candy bar called gold bar? No, 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 um, no.
0: Actu- actual uh, gold. It's right next to the Nutella.
1: Okay. <laughs> Tony, I, let me just... So to everybody listening, I am not a fan of speculating on commodities. I can't predict the future of the price of gold. So... I don't know what that means. I would advise people not to go gambling on gold at the moment.
0: Remember, we don't give financial advice here. Talk to your own financial people. Make choices for yourself. We do not give financial advice on this show. I refuse to. Uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you being with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. From the big three auto uh, manufacturers, but this Sean Fain guy is a, I don't think he's doing himself any favors. I'm Tony Katz.